0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive. As the scientist couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
1: You you feel this
2: this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
1: I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls? Hang up the phone, prank caller, prank caller! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark, your home for Packernet when it's after dark. So, anyways, um, we got some news that's going around the NFL right now. And since I'm kind of behind a little bit with um, my podcasts and whatnot, might be a decent time to announce, you know, news and stuff. But a bunch of Packers were added to the pup list, including Christian Watson. According to Ross Uglum, the pup issues with Christian Watson are not considered to be serious or long-term. He is expected to be available sooner than later. I don't know what that means, Um, but that does in fact suck, and there's a very good chance that come, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? I think Wednesday is the first practice he will not be out there. Um, There's no news on David Bakhtiari, but... That may just because, that may be because we don't know yet. The, the veterans don't show up until, I believe, Monday? No, Tuesday. Monday is the uh, shareholder thing, Tuesday, veterans, Wednesday, practice. I think that's how that goes. Um, also, Eli Wolf was released by the Green Bay Packers it's shortly after we picked up that other tight end. So, you know, again, just kind of shuffling the bottom of the roster. I don't know that it's necessarily a one-to-one situation, but there's a decent enough chance that they've seen enough with Eli Wolf and have decided there's nothing there, and um, so we picked up this other guy to see what he can do, but anyways, um, that's not what the show is typically about, but since it's kind of actual news for the first time in a long time, and I have the opportunity to kind of break news early, because it's a, you know, PM show and whatnot, figured I'd take advantage of that, but uh, more on that, well, I guess it wouldn't be tomorrow, because tomorrow's already recorded, more on that in a couple days, all right? But why don't we get started and uh, see what we've got from Mr. Omar? He is our first caller of the day.
0: Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Omar, your local firefighter again, calling from Western Virginia. I wanted to add to my previous call because I forgot I recommended The Walking Dead, but I also wanted to recommend since you found out you have Prime. It's the show called The Boys. It's a like a it's everything that a man will want in a show.
1: I'm writing that down.
0: Sorry before we messed up there. Thank the you. Boys. So everything uh, a man will want in the show. It's action, nice, sex, and superheroes. Well, It is incredible. Right. Um, I watch it with my wife. It's, it's funny. It's amazing. I promise you'll, you'll love it. You'll watch the first episode, and then you'll be like, what the hell am I looking at? And then at the very end, you'll be like, what the hell? And then you'll just be hooked and just get hmm. better and better and better. It's amazing. It's only it's three seasons out right now. They just got a fourth season that's coming. So you have something to look at for a while. And I'm pretty sure everybody who's seen the show, they hear, we talk about it, will agree. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Good day. Go, Pat. Go. Sorry. I had a long shift. Stayed up. All right.
1: All good, man. I appreciate what you do. Um. I, all right. So maybe, maybe. First of all, I'm not usually into superheroes, although, although uh, since I've been doing all this Marvel stuff, in fact, I just woke up from a nap because I'm dealing with this sickness. I don't know what's good. It's not a real bad sickness, but it's been hanging on for a long time, and today I was just so tired. I'm like, I got to go lay down, and I, I took a nap, but I was watching that uh, Shang-Chi or whatever. Um, can, been kind of putting that off. All the really good Marvel movies are kind of done, So, um, but I was like, I don't know. I got to watch something, so I put that on, and I passed out, but I saw a lot of it. Anyways... That's that's kind of a, a half a point. Um, action is is always good. The adult scene stuff, first of all, I've never really understood it. You know what I mean? As far as like a movie goes, I've never seen a movie and thought, maybe, maybe I'm weird, but never seen a movie and just thought it was perfect. However, what would have made it even better is if randomly in the middle of this movie, you know, we had one of those scenes. The only thing that ever happens in those scenes is it makes me uncomfortable because I'm trying to watch with somebody else, and it's like, oh, no. Do you do you understand? I lived with my grandparents for many years. In my you know how many uncomfortable moments I had trying to watch TV shows or movies or whatever, and something comes on, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me? Or I'll watch a show that somebody recommends, and something like that comes up, and then my wife comes in the room and is like, what are you watching? And it's like, I, I, I nothing. I'm not watching this anymore. I don't know what this is. Somebody told me to watch it. I didn't know. So that's, that's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's in the negative column more so than the positive column, but I, I, I'll, maybe I'll check it out. We'll see. But I appreciate the recommendations. Keep them coming in. And like I said, I did write that down. The boys, um, also the walking dead. I know I've started it like three times and I don't know why I keep turning it off. It must be, it must be not entertaining or something. I know it's really popular. Everybody loved it. And for some reason I know I've started it and have just kind of stopped, but I don't know. Anyways, thanks again, Omar. Let's see what Seth has to say.
3: Hey, this is Seth Ryder, a longtime listener. A couple of thoughts. You're talking about the Bengals not wanting to give their safety uh, contract, and that is currently on the franchise tech and refusing to play. Yeah. Uh thought behind that Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show said the Deshaun Watson contract has. A lot of teams angry because with all the guaranteed money, other quarterbacks may want that much guaranteed money. And when you give guaranteed money, the team has to actually put that in a trust account and and it gets paid out according to the contract. So teams like the Bengals may actually not be able to afford to give Joe Burrow a contract like Sean Watson. Thought that's fascinating. Just some little insights there and give us your thoughts back. One other question I...
1: Let's pause it there. Um, that, that makes sense. Um, it it is interesting because we're seeing it more and more, right? It's, it's, it's not just, um, one safety. There's a bunch of guys that are really promising. And generally when you have really good players, you just pay them. It's not a big deal. There might be some kind of a negotiation issue, but I don't remember too often seeing what we're seeing now where teams are just like, yeah, he's super good. And, um, and all, but I don't think we're going to come to an agreement. So we'll just let him go at the end. That just—it didn't used to ever happen, to my recollection. And uh, now it seems to become more common, I guess. Um, and yeah, maybe that is a big part of it. As the contracts and the salaries keep going up, and and teams are using more guaranteed money, you got to make sure you got more in the kitty to be able to afford these types of things. For example, the Cincinnati Bengals know. At some point in the near future, which, you know, especially with really good rookie quarterbacks, um, they don't wait until the end of their contract before they get paid. Joe Burrow, very possibly by the end of next year, is like, look, I just want the money. Just give me the money. And if he continues at the level he's at, I mean, this dude's going to get so stupid paid, it's it's ridiculous. And yes, it's going to be a lot of guaranteed money. So interesting. Um, it 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 kind of makes you wonder about, specific teams may be struggling more than others. And it's it's very similar to, you know, if you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He currently has a big contract, so he we currently don't have a lot of money. But there's other teams that maybe realize that even though guys like Joe Burrow are uh, not paid yet, they're going to be at some point and we can't really be spending like crazy as a result. So in effect, as much as everybody talks about you got to get those rookie quarterbacks because you need to take advantage of those rookie contracts. Even that kind of ends up going out the window because how much time do you actually get to utilize that if you're saving the money anyways, as though you're paying the guy. So I don't know. Anyways, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's interesting enough. Let's get to the second part of the question.
3: That is, I don't fully understand how the Packers uh, management structure works. I surely, I'm not the only one on that. Um, I, I love our management. I love um everything they've done. But hypothetically if we had somebody we didn't like running the organization, how do they get voted out or fired or how does that work? Love to get some insights on that too. Thank you, sir.
1: Um Yeah, I, I it's it's a board of directors thing. And um my understanding of it is that Mark Murphy is sort of like the I mean he's he's literally the president, but he's like the uh He's just a member of the board of directors, but he's like the the top board of directors guy. And so if there was an issue with Mark Murphy, the board of directors would essentially vote him off the board. I don't know all the bylaws and exactly how that works, but that's essentially how that would work. Um, which is which is actually kind of nice because obviously if you're an owner, you can't be voted out. Well, I, I guess that's not entirely true because there could be a board of directors on a team and maybe they have that ability to do stuff. Because I know companies can operate that way. Elon Musk has been bit by that one a few times, I know, where he, uh, you know, the company gets real big, and then he gets talked into getting like a board of directors, and then somebody talks to the board, and they're like, this guy's a recluse, we need to get him out of here. You know, you got your CEO who kind of runs the day-to-day, you got your board of directors, and then you got Elon who started it, and is the, you know, owner, and they essentially conspire, and maybe it's the right decision, I don't know, but they're like, look, we gotta, we gotta pay this guy to go away. And you essentially can just be forced away from... I don't, I don't know if there's any NFL teams that run that way. Um, I would assume probably not. I don't think owners would want to take that kind of a chance, but I don't know. But that, that's my understanding of how the ownership structure works, and hopefully we never really have to find out because everything's good enough that we wouldn't need to worry about forcing somebody out of the uh, organization. And obviously anybody under that, GM, et cetera, et cetera, would just be fired like anybody else. All right, next up we got, I'm not sure.
4: Oh, wow. JJ got you to change your voicemail recording thing. That only took, like, four <laughs> Sounds years. Sounds like Jacob. Literally, um, so anyways, Michael Scott, I think, is in one of your intros, I hope. I, I think, maybe
1: not. Uh, Pause. Um, so I'd ask the question, can you name any of the intro people? That is, None of those are Michael Scott, so swing and a miss, number one. Um,
4: Anyways, the targets, Andy Monday, that's uh, a guy that calls in a lot, and he has a lot of great questions. Guys, call in. We listen to your stuff. Just call in. Um, so, yeah, uh, to be more specific, we have 169 targets that Devontae is now tossing up for grabs. So, uh, I listened to a recent, I can't remember what the specific one was, but there is supposedly this, uh, a, a podcast I listened to, said so that there's a, uh, a metric.
1: Wait a minute. What podcast are you listening to, dude? I can't believe it, man. Jake Jacob's, uh, Jacob's cheating on me. That's great.
4: It says that after a really top wide receiver leaves the team that the majority of targets don't actually fall to the wide receivers. They actually pepper into the running backs. So if Pack Daddy can look into that in any way, which I know is kind of a large thing. But also, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just – it seems that people are sleeping on Lazard walk-ins possibly I'm thinking about doing some fantasy stuff so guys let me know if you want to hear anything more about fantasy stuff but Lazard is going which he should be our number one receiver and I really think he is he's going like in late 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 And he could be very very beneficial to that so anyways think about it
1: so that is something I didn't think to ask you guys um, Jacob is talking with um, somebody right now we're kind of talking about a couple different things. But uh, Jacob, who is in with Clayton quite a bit, does a lot of podcasting with him, is talking about possibly starting up a uh, a show on the network, um, fantasy football slash betting related. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure you uh, call in, let me know, or just shoot me a message. Um, just, you know, get some early feedback on it. But yeah, I, th- I think anybody Packers related, and somebody asked, I believe asked a question on this coming up, but um, so I should probably just save it. But it's, it's all going to be kind of high risk unless we get some serious clarity um, in training camp. But everybody is high risk, high reward, you know, because nobody's going to go early. And that's kind of the thing with anybody Packers related is everybody sleeps on a lot of these guys. But if they go off, they're going to massively go off. Um, as far as the running back thing, I'm trying to think, I'm always doing this stuff on the fly. And sometimes as I sit here and stall, I can think of a way to do this. Um, I've had some good ones in the past. Let me think. How could I look into the increases? I'd have to find receivers that went bye-bye, I guess. Let's see if we can find a couple here real quick. So here's an example, and it, it's kind of an, a weird one, but it's the first one that popped up, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, if you look at the Falcons in uh, 2020, the they, they, they did end up losing Julio after 2020, but it's not just that, because if you look at their receptions, Julio was kind of way down the list anyways because he got hurt by for half the year, but he was fourth with 51 receptions. Um, Number one was Calvin Ridley with 90, and then Russell Gage, the wide receiver, 72. Hayden Hurst, the tight end, was in there with 56. That's the top four. And then at number five, you had running back Todd Gurley. Um, If you look at the next year, not only did they lose Julio, but they actually lost Calvin Ridley for a big part of the season. And so that's part of what makes it a little bit iffy in terms of comparison. But either way, it is true that the running backs, in fact, the tight end, they drafted Kyle Pitts. Again, this is kind of what makes it weird because Kyle Pitts is a freak in his own right. But he was the number one guy. But still, Cordero Patterson running back, 52 receptions, and Mike Davis running back, 44. So the year before, the running back, Todd Gurley, had 35 receptions. Uh, The very next year, losing... Essentially, their top two wide receivers, or kind of like one whole wide receiver, because it was a half of Julio the year before, and then they lose Julio, but then they get a half a year of Calvin Ridley, so they got whatever. Um, Mike Davis, 44 receptions, Cordero Patterson, 52. Nearly 100 receptions compared to 35. Now, again, it's kind of iffy because they don't really have a lot of other options uh, outside of their, you know, their running backs. But I would say that that one holds up. Uh, What about DeAndre Hopkins? So when Hopkins was there in 2019, he had 104 receptions. Um, After that, you had 49 by Will Fuller. Duke Johnson running back 44. The next year, they had Brandon Cooks, 81. Will Fuller, 53. Randall Cobb, 38. Tight end Jordan Atkins, 37. David Johnson had 33. So it actually went down. So that one's a swing and a miss. This past year, Brandon Cooks, 90, Nico Collins, 33, David Johnson, 32. So it still didn't really spike. I think it's going to be hard because, I mean, I don't know what podcast you listen to or what data they were using, but every team is so unique. You know, I mean, I, if we look at the Minnesota Vikings, they lost Stephon Diggs, but they immediately replaced him with a better wide receiver. So what do we actually learn from that, you know? Could look at when the, the Giants... Lost Odell Beckham. The problem is Saquon Barkley led the team in receptions when Odell was here with 91. So then after he left, Saquon had 52 receptions. So it plummeted for whatever reason. So yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know where you saw that. If you end up digging up a little bit more data on that, just a cursory look. I don't necessarily see that outside of the Falcons. But again, they lost all their wide receivers, brought in a tight end. and, And so that they didn't really have a lot of options outside of running back. So I don't see it. But maybe. We're kind of flying through these a little faster than expected. We've only got three left unless anybody calls in. So why don't we just take a break here on the off chance that this ends up being a short episode. If it's an early break, it's an early break. If you want to call in, 608 Call in, let me know what you want to talk about. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
2: This is, uh, Nevin from OWL, uh, second time caller, long time lifter. Uh, just, I got a couple things for you today. Uh, first off, I'm headed up to training camp in a couple weeks and, uh, contrary to popular belief, it's actually not at St. Norbert, St. Norbert College. I think that's where they might stay. Actual training camp, um, they, start off at lambeau field ride the bikes down to the practice field about a quarter mile down um so it's all right in the lambeau field area there i suggest you try it out at least once take your son up there there's plenty to do up there you got uh you obviously got the stadium then you got the uh the uh district right next door there um just check it out at least once great chance for your kid to see the uh Players up close, and at the very least, she'll score some serious dad points. Um, The other thing I got for you, I just want your thoughts on this. So, the projection is that Green Bay is going to tank next year without Devontae Adams. If that's true. What? If Devontae Adams is worth that much, then why is it anybody talking about the Raiders? Why aren't the Raiders all of a sudden Super Bowl favorites, or at least they'll win their own division? You don't really hear any talk about them at all. Uh, that's all. Have a good day
1: this is this is the uh this is the first I'm hearing about this the the hold on. let me gather myself here. The thought is that the Packers are going to tank because they don't have Devante. The, the wording is the projection is the Packers are going to tank next year without Devontae Adams. Who in the world is projecting that? Why would anybody project that? No, no. They're, did you see what they just, if they wanted to tank, they would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers. Why are you signing Aaron Rodgers to a year-to-year contract? Who? I mean, and, and, and by the way, who's tanking? Is Rodgers going to tank? Why would Rodgers come back just to lose? Who 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 is tanking? I know the play... You think Rashawn Gary is going to tank? You think Jair is going to tank? Who who specifically is is going to tank? Matt LaFleur? You think the head coach of the Green Bay Packers is going to be like, meh, let's... Uh, I want to call really bad plays and hope that nobody notices and hope it doesn't just completely m- infuriate the team and, by the way, the rest of this coaching staff that wants to go on to have great careers... Um, but I I need to make them all look extremely incompetent. Who is tanking? Brian Gudekunst doesn't really have the authority to tank. The best he could do is start cutting a bunch of players, but he's not doing that. He's bringing everybody back. Brian Gudekunst is clearly not tanking. They're bringing everybody back. Devin, I I need you. Devin, Nevin, whatever. Um, I wrote Devin is your name. Google Translate says Nevin. Either way. I'm going to need you to find somebody that says that so I can absolutely freak out. I've never seen that. I don't know what you're talking about, but I hope you're telling the truth because I want so desperately to find the human being that is saying these things so that I can launch into them with the full might and fury of a thousand sons, if you will. That's S-U-N-S, not S-O-N-S, although maybe, maybe your son is uh, pretty hardcore. I don't know. I mean, either way, there's a thousand of them, so we'll make do. But um, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's... I don't even know where to start with that. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Who is tanking and for what purpose? We're going to throw away an entire season. We might not get Aaron Rodgers back next year, so we're throwing away our last year with Aaron Rodgers, especially if we're tanking, because he's definitely not going to want to come back to this garbage team, so that we can do what? Draft at at number seven overall and maybe get a really good wide receiver? And, And then what? Hope he doesn't suck because a lot of, you know number 10 overall receivers or whatever, don't actually end up being all that great. And then, so we we throw away the entire season. We get a guy that's hopefully someday maybe as good as Devontae was, although that's extremely unlikely, so that we can maybe in two to three years be as good of a football team as we were when we had Devontae in 113 games and still lost in the playoffs. Although again, we probably don't have Rodgers and we probably don't have Preston and we probably don't have a bunch of guys that are kind of in their last years like Adrian Amos and everything else. We've got this tiny window with a bunch of different players and we're going to throw that all away so that maybe we can get a good wide receiver that maybe doesn't suck and can be half as good as Devontae. What in the world are we talking about? I'm, I, I am one of the few pro-tanking people on, on the planet. And I, even that, I'm, I'm starting to kind of come around to the idea that that's stupid, but I'm only pro-tanking in as far as the future games make zero difference, then we're out of the playoffs. It's done. It doesn't matter. We've got two games coming up. We've got one game coming up. We cannot, under any circumstances, get into the playoffs. Lose the game. Sit your starters. You might be able to jump two, three, four spots in the draft. It's worth it. Just the trade value alone—that you, the value that you pick up alone—is is worth. I mean, you could, you could take that, trade back to your current spot and pick up like a third, fourth round pick. A whole new player just by losing this game or just keep that spot and take a better player. Maybe even trade up a little bit, whatever. That's, but that's debatable and that's only in that slight circumstance. Under no circumstance whatsoever do we throw away an entire season... Especially when we have a team as good as we do, with a quarterback that is right about to walk out the door, along with a handful of other Hall of Fame caliber players like Adrian Amos that are just about out the door. David Bakhtiari has a very limited shelf life. Aaron Jones, potentially last year here, although that doesn't seem to be the the sentiment still, he doesn't have all that long. I don't know what the deal is with Alan Lazard. This might be his last year. Tunyon might be his last year. Every year seems like Mason Crosby's last year. I'm not sure what's going on with Devondre Campbell and how long he's going to stick around. I don't know how long Razul Douglas is going to be around. Sammy Watkins probably won't be here. Randall Cobb might not be here. What are we throwing the year away for? Why do we bring all these guys back to throw it away? What sense does that make? Tell me who told you this. In fact, hand them a phone number. If it, Anybody that you see, and I, I really need you guys' help with this because this is going to take the show to the next level. If you find nonsense on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever, two things you can do. Pardon my phone. Number one, just call in and say, here's a thing and I want you to address it because it's stupid. Number two, put the phone number down, ask them to call in and state their case. Please do that. Just be like, hey, and you could do this to Bears fans, Vikings fans, Lions fans, or Packer fans that have lost their ever-loving mind. Just say, here's a phone number, call in, state your case. I doubt anybody will do it, but it's kind of like the advice I got when I was in high school. Well, we'll leave that alone. But the bottom line is, if you um, if you throw the number out there 100 times, somebody's going to call, and it's going to be hilarious, and it's going to be glorious. I really want that. I want somebody to call in that just hates, either hates the Packers or hates common sense or both, because um, that would just be, that would make me smile. It really would. You know what else we could do? Facebook has got a bunch of those trash talk um, Facebook groups. Just slap a phone number in one of those groups and say, hey, this is a uh, Green Bay Packers hotline. Call in and say why the Packers are great. And obviously it's just going to be a bunch of people that hate the Packers that will call in. The only thing that's going to be hard is I'm going to have to get my – that bleep button is going to be working overtime. I'm going to end up breaking that thing. But, yeah, I I don't know, Devin, Nevin. um, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. It makes no sense on, on, on any level. So somebody's going to have to clarify anything for me to, to make that make sense. Make, make one salient point on that, and I'll try to address it. Anyways, moving right along.
2: Hello. Hi. i is Tom and I'm calling for today's topic, Food Friday. Yes. What is the best combination of toppings for tacos?
1: Oh, In no. your personal opinion. Oof.
2: And <sighs> Packer question.
1: Yeah. Sorry. got a
2: little, What <laughs> a has been the most entertaining year mm. to be a Packer fan in the modern era? Mm. Once again, personal opinion. Have a
3: great day.
1: Bye. I don't have to start paying Tom to call in. That guy first of all, the energy, I'm digging it. And I was a little worried because Google Translate said, Hello, this is Samsung, and I'm calling for today's topic. And I'm like, I don't this this isn't gonna be good. Um, sometimes it gets confused. Uh, Tom is all fired up and I dig it. And he's asking me about tacos and he's asking me about the best season ever. I'm fired up right now. <sighs> I'm going to take a break and go eat some tacos and I'll be right back. I should, do, I should, ha- I should make a plate of tacos when I'm doing this because it'll just up the uh, excitement level of, of everything I'm doing. <sighs> See, the problem is I don't want to say it because everyone's going to hate me. There's there's two kinds of tacos that I eat, and that's that's not really true. There's there's a lot of different combinations of tacos, but there's two major categories of tacos. There's like authentic tacos, which is my version of authentic tacos, which anybody that eats authentic tacos is like you're an idiot and you're white and you're stupid. Then there's what I call white people tacos that I make that I also love um, that even white people would be like, that is disgusting. So there's, there's authentic tacos – that people in Mexico would say that is not authentic, that's white people garbage. And then there's white people tacos that white people um, would judge me for. Um, here's the issue. I love, especially because they're relatively healthy, what I would call authentic tacos. One of my favorite things is pork. You get the pork loins, the pork chops, whatever. You chop it up, you throw on some uh, fajita seasoning or whatever it is. We, I've got some... Um, stuff that I use, uh, I think it's meat church. I'm staring at it, but I can't read it. I believe it's meat church fajita. Stuff's delicious. Um, I throw it on. Take your tortillas, throw it on the flat top, and then I just throw on what what I love to. As I, that's just sort of like the base, right? I've got the meat, I've got the shell, and then there's what toppings I'm going to put on. Here's the thing, though. I don't like onions. I don't really like cilantro. I'll do it. I've done it. It's good. When I go to the uh, The taco trucks, I will have them put cilantro on and I don't even really mind if there's onions on it because they're super thin. It's not a big deal. But I don't usually do that because I just generally don't like vegetables. Um, But what I do or what's happened is I've become obsessed with sauces. And so my fridge has got about 85 hot sauces in it, about 15 different barbecue sauces in it. And then I've got like salsas. I've got uh, the tomatillo stuff. I've got like a um it's called like a lime crema sauce. So I'll I'll pull all the sauces out and I'll make a bunch of tacos and each taco gets a different thing. So I've got like my green hot sauces, I've got my green salsas, I've got my regular salsa, I got my habanera salsa, I've got the um like the um just a bunch of different categories of I've got like the sweet hot sauces, like I've got the the honey hot sauce, I've got the chipotle hot sauces, and so I just make Again, you, you've got your base of tacos, and then it's just like a sauce bar. And it kind of depends, right? So the the sweet is better on the pork. Also, any of the salsas are great. The crema is great. Pork is wonderful for everything. I don't usually use the traditional... Um, what What is the uh, traditional hot sauce? Pepper. I forget, but it's just your normal red hot sauce. However, beef, like ground beef tacos, that's, that's where you use that stuff. Whatever kind of your traditional red, and there, there's all kinds of... Uh, uh tapatio is delicious big fan of tapatio uh cholula is pretty good i've got a honey cholula which is great on like pork one of my favorite though as far as like the traditional red sauces is valentina valentina is just it's i think it's because i i just like sweet and it's got like a sweetness to it but i i love valentina and i also love that it comes in like a gallon container because i i will eat that in in gallon quantities that's the authentic, that's what I do. So I've got whatever meat I'm going to make, I season it up, and then I, I hit the, uh, the tortillas, the corn tortillas on the, on the flat top. That's your base, and then you get your sauces, and you just go to town. Again, pork and chicken, I lean sweet. For ground beef, it's mostly the red, the Cholula, Valentina, Tapatio, traditionally. White people tacos is purely about gluttony. That's it. Traditionally, it's ground beef. I don't even season it, I don't want... Mexican fajita seasoning, nothing. Salt and pepper. I get gigantic flour tortillas because I just want massive quantities. One of my favorite things to do is put rice on it, although I don't season it at all. It's white rice. <laughs> and then um, handfuls of shredded cheese. And then the sauces. Same same situation with the sauces, but that's it. And it, it's a, it's the same situation essentially with with the meat, but it's not seasoned up as much. But it, it could be chicken, could be pork, I, I do ham, whatever. It's any kind of meat, very little seasoning, big flour tortilla, bunch of cheese, rice if I've gotten, same situation with the sauces. Lots of hot sauce, salsa, whatever. And it's just a giant, gooey, cheesy, soft, delicious thing. And I usually don't even use like a flat top or anything to to crisp up the tortillas A lot of times what I'll do, because the meat's already hot, you take your big flour tortilla or tortillas, let's be honest, I'm going to make multiple, throw the cheese on it, throw it in the microwave to kind of melt it down. Then you pull it out, layer on your meat, layer on your rice, layer on your sauce, roll it up like a big burrito, go to town, and then, um, you know, continue to make more until, until your stomach hurts a lot. And then, uh, wallow in regret and, um... Start thinking to yourself about how you need to go on a diet and probably need to exercise tomorrow uh, for the next week, actually, to make up for what you've just done tonight. But uh, it's good time, man. It's delicious food. I love it. Oh, I'm not feeling good, but I do think I'm going to make tacos now. Although I don't really have any meat, so I'd have to do ham or just be super lazy and just go cheese and just make, quote unquote, quesadillas. But let's be honest, it's just going to be a cheese, bur- cheese burrito. <laughs> Anyways, we need to get off this because everyone's judging me way too hard right now. Um, Oh, and there was a second part to the question. Uh, I forgot. I got all wrapped up in tacos. Um, (laughs) Be a Packer fan in the modern. My mind immediately goes to 2011. Uh, You know, you could say 2010 because, yeah, we won the Super Bowl. Although, if I wanted to be slick about it, 2011, we technically won the Super Bowl in 2011. So that year from, you know, January to December was pretty I mean, it was just fun, you know. Um, 2020, I think, was a blast. It's always going to be more fun when the offense is just crushing. And um, again, it just kind of comes down to everybody wants to talk about the Super Bowls, but an enjoyable season is a season in which the team is just really good and the team is just winning all the time. And so what what my mind would immediately go to is find the team that had the highest point differential. That's actually surprisingly 2010, even though we lost a bunch of games, but we must have just absolutely crushed everybody when we won games. Um, let's see. Two, we got twenty-seven, twenty. over the Vikings, 34-16, 34-7, 45-17, 45-7, 48-21. So there were games where we just absolutely annihilated people. And this this is, by the way, why Point Differential really kind of shows what teams are dominant and and give you a a really good picture of a team that has the potential to win a Super Bowl because it's offense and defense just absolutely curb-stomping people. But I'm still not going to pick 2010 because there's so many losses here. Um, it's great to have those games, to have, again, 31-13, 34-16, 34-7, 45-17, 45-7, and 48-21. Having games like that is so unbelievably exciting. Um, and obviously going on to win a Super Bowl is great. But there's a lot of close games. Uh, we lost to New England. We lost to Miami. We lost to Chicago. We lost to Atlanta. We lost to the Redskins in overtime. We lost to Detroit. That all sucks. And so I'm probably going to stick with 2011 because not only was it the second highest in terms of point differential, and actually it's probably higher overall. The the only reason why this is higher is because we won the Super Bowl and I included the postseason. Let's not include the postseason and just see where we're at real quickly. Yeah, 2011 ends up winning by a a massive margin. In fact, 2010 drops all the way down to third. 2009 is second at 164. Uh, 2011, 201 is the point differential in the regular season. So we uh, we smoked a lot of people and didn't lose hardly any games aside from that one Kansas City game and then obviously the Giants in the playoffs. But to me, that's that's what's fun is winning. And uh, even our lowest scoring win was 24 points and we won 24 to 3. Um, so we, we even smashed the Rams in a game in which, so massive win there. Uh, 25-14, 27-15, 27-17, 30-23, 33-27. Almost every single game was a fairly large margin win. 35-21, 35-26, 38-35 was close, and that was the stupid Giants. 42-34 is still relative. I mean, they scored 34 points. We still kind of just smashed them. Uh, 45-41 is pretty close, the Lions, but we scored 45 points. 45-7, to again, the Vikings were just picking on them. 45-38, again, they scored 38, still won by a decent margin, still a seven-point win. Raiders 46-16, to 16 and Denver 49-23. to 23. I'm sorry, that to me, that's, that's a, just a, such a fun season. Our defense ranked 19th in points and 32nd in yards, still smashed everybody. So in terms of enjoyment, just give me that. Just give me that. And that, that's going all the way back to 2000. If you want to see better than 2000, you got to look at uh 1931. We scored we had a point differential of 204 points in 14 games. 1996 was 246 in 16 games. 1962 in just 14 games, we had a point differential of 263. That is unbelievable. So, 1996 if you include that in recent history would technically be a better season, but I just real quick want to look at 1962 because that's so Unbelievably absurd to do that to not only smash every single record that the Packers have in terms of point differential, but to do it in two less games is so stupid. 13 and one record. The scores that we won were as follows nine and uh, nine to seven, 16 to seven, 17 13, 17 six, 17 zero, 20 to 17. 31-21, 31-13, 34-7, 38-7, 41-10, 48-21, and then 49-0 Philadelphia Eagles and 49-0 Chicago Bears. Two games, we won 49 to nothing. Number one offense, number one defense. Not surprisingly, won the championship. So um, depending on what you mean by modern era, 2011, otherwise... Probably the best season would be the 96 Packers. Dominant offense, dominant defense, won a bunch of games and won the Super Bowl. It just doesn't really get any better than that. Anyways, we got one more. So unless a call sneaks in here in the last couple seconds, although we're doing good on time, uh, Nate is our final caller. Shit, that
3: is a fast beep. Uh, Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Nate calling. I just want to ask a couple of questions, actually. I'm starting a new uh, fantasy football league. They're starting in one and I've never played before. And I am a Packers fan, which I think is going to make me biased uh, towards Packer players. So I want to know which players I should avoid, which ones I should take. And then I also want to know how I get over my bias towards the Vikings, the Lions, and the Bears, and possibly drop those players if I need to. Also, I'm pretty sure that the urgent phone call line from the movie quotes is from The Shining. Go back Go!
1: Nailed it. So that is one of them. Um, I'm trying to make an urgent phone call up there. That is The Shining. I'm surprised that's the one that somebody got first. That's phenomenal movie. I don't know if I would have got that. I've, I've seen The Shining probably a dozen times. Um, it'd probably be one of those where it's like, I've heard that before, but I wouldn't think of it. So, uh, kudos on that. So, um, been out of the fantasy football game for a while and that's, I mean, I've, I've done it every single year. I just haven't cared in about five years. Um, which is rough because I'm in like five leagues every year and I just, it's, it makes it uh, miserable. But you're right. You are going to be biased toward Packer fans or toward Packer players. You're going to be biased against Bears and Lions and all that stuff. Um, typically, my first thought is avoid, if, if you're in a league with Packer fans, avoid the Packers and pick up Bears, Lions, and Vikings because everybody else is going to be doing the same thing depending on how much they actually pay attention. But in all reality, that's kind of terrible advice. What you really need to do is uh, just establish rankings. And uh, more than likely, especially as late as we are into this, you're probably just going to lean on the rankings that are already there. Uh, whatever league you're in, they're going to give you a list of players. This is where you should take them, or this is where they're going on average. Kind of tweak your own ranking. Maybe stay away from the NFC North and just trust that the rankings that they have are correct. But it's always fun to do your own tweaks. And you know what? There There is an element of if you're looking at a guy and you really think that they're going to be a great player for the Packers, you're probably wrong, but it's better to fail leaning on what you want to do as opposed to doing what some computer told you to do. It kind of takes the fun out of playing fantasy. I mean, it's still fun, especially if you're just getting started, you know, you just kind of go with whatever, but it's fun to have a couple guys in your head that you're like, I think this guy's going to have a great year I'm going to take, but don't be ridiculous with it. You set up a ranking, if you want to move up some guys that are Packers, fine, do it. If you want to move down some guys that are Vikings, fine, do it. But don't be crazy with it. Trust the ranking. And just understand that if, if you're with a bunch of Packer fans, most of these guys are going to go too early. And I love it when that happens. In fact, the last league I was in, I ended up with a bunch of, uh, one, of the, one of the Packer net ones, I ended up with a bunch of Bears. It wasn't. I didn't plan on that, but I, I think it was just a lot of the Packers go earlier because guys want to have Packers on their team and some of the Bears guys end up going later because they just don't want to touch them, and I couldn't care less. I just want to win the league. And plus, I'm, I'm just, in a sense, sort of an NFL fan. So as much as I don't like the Bears, if you're if you're separating out the Bears' wins and losses and those kinds of things, I can look at a guy like Montgomery and say, this guy's going to be a good football player. I loved him in college. I really wanted the Packers to get him. He was, I think, my RB1, maybe RB2. I don't remember, but was super mad the Bears ended up getting him. So I really like the guy. That's an an instance where, again i have a bias toward them because i'm i'm just completely disregarding the team and that that's kind of a fun thing to do also is is to leave your allegiances at the door it's it's just going to work better for you become an nfl fan become a player fan but that that would be my my biggest thing to tell you is just trust the rankings to some extent but don't if you genuinely believe something just go with it. Who cares, man? I mean, if there's a bunch of money on the line then maybe just stick with whatever rankings they give you and just just start d- trusting that and hope you get lucky. But it's again, I'd rather fail going with what I believe, going with a hunch than um picking what the computer tells me and then watching the guy that I thought was going to be real good uh that went four rounds later and somebody else picked him up and he blew up and I you know, the the, the best thing I can do is go in the chat and be like, "I knew it. I should have done that." Uh-huh. Do what you got to do, man. Just enjoy it um, and just be ready to be disappointed when the Packers disappoint because they always do. Almost every single time I've picked a Packer, aside from Aaron Rodgers, it's been a pretty big disappointment. And usually even Aaron Rodgers, I end up taking him too early just because I just want a really good quarterback. And the general thought is don't go too early on quarterbacks, but I don't care. I just want a really good one and I take Rodgers and I feel happy about it. But anytime I take you know receivers or tight ends, because I'm just positive that this tight end is going to have a big year, or I'm positive that the running back's going to have a big year, or whatever, they they always let let me down. They have fine years, but I suppose Devonte recently has probably been great. I don't know, but historically, it's just not great, man. But again, um, hopefully, going to be starting up a new show here pretty quickly for the for the season, so they'll have much more insights and and much more intelligible insights in terms of, um. Again, it's not a matter of who should I take. It's a matter of when should I take them. Every single player is worth something. Alan Lazard has a value. It's just a matter of of at what point do they become a good value, what point, right? So the the first overall pick, there isn't a Packer you should touch. Some people will, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, whatever, if they genuinely believe that, but I think that's, I'm assuming that's wildly incorrect. I don't know what the general thought is today, but just the fact that there's those two guys both on the team, wildly incorrect. Um, But at some point... Aaron Jones becomes an incredibly good value somewhere in the first round he's he, I'm sure he's a good value, so that's that's what you need to keep in mind at some point, whoever it is you like becomes a good value. It's a matter of finding out when that value is and if somebody takes someone too early, that's perfect because somebody that you really like just fell so that's kind of the art behind it. I'm not sure where guys are at right now because again i'm I'm kind of out of that game. I haven't been paying attention to who like the big names are and who to take, when, where, why, how but um Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be diving into that a little bit more. But I don't see any more calls coming in, so I think we're going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.